Adventures with My 40s. I'm Courtney Henning Novak, a 42-year-old woman doing my best to thrive during this decade of life. You can find the show notes at CourtneyHenningNovak.com. And here's the show. Hello, adventurers. This is episode 29. I'm recording this on October 13th, 2021, two months after my last most recent published episode. Uh, funny how I said at the end of that episode, like, I think I'm back to posting weekly. <laughs> yeah, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I spent the last two months just really deep into book revisions on my first novel. And now I'm on a little break. I'm really close to being done, but just needed, well, done with my revisions. And then I'm going to hire an editor. I'm going to be indie publishing this book and like my memoir and like with my memoir. With that, I had an editor read it and give opinions. It's better than going to like a paying for a writing class because it's just very like individualized. And I learned so much from hiring an editor for my first book. This is my passion. So I'll be hiring an editor again. How many times can I say the word editor in the first minute of the show? <laughs> if anyone wants to go back and count, let me know. But yeah, so I, you know, I just had my mind really deep into those revisions. Then just, you know, mom, life, shit, I always forget that the first month of the school year kicks my ass, that there's just something about back to school. Maybe it's because our PTA does a membership drive and I'm a room parent, so you have to be like bugging people and it's like creates a mental load, even though it's really not that much. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just starting new habits and new routines and getting back into like the flow of, you know, life. And this was a, uh, this was like back to school times whatever because it wasn't really, you know, Pippa didn't go back to school until last April and then it was hybrid two days a week and only four hours. So this was our first time having Pippa in full-time school in, you know, forever. And it was Julian's you know, first time in elementary school. He's in kindergarten. So I guess it was really a big, big fucking change. <laughs> and it, uh, if you're new to the show, hello, I curse. <laughs> If, this is, if cursing is not your thing, it's time to move on. There was this girl or woman in college who I was friends with at the very beginning of my freshman year of college and who one time criticized me for cursing. And she's like, do you have to swear so often? And I felt really bad about it and was watching my tongue for a while. And then I realized, like me and this person we're not meant to be friends at all we just you know different different people you can't be best friends with everyone and so I went back to cursing and I'm not going to you know I I tone it down for my kids obviously not not well not obviously I know a mom who drops the f-bomb in front of preschoolers but I try to tone it down although Julian not quite six has recently started using the word Jesus like constantly one it's hilarious to hear your five-year-old like he drops something and he goes oh jesus it's hilarious two um oh shit i don't want to be the parent with that kid in kindergarten who is you know dropping the jesus word whenever he's like jesus i forgot my homework jesus mom packed pretzels for lunch again <laughs> so i like okay this is probably me so I'm going to try to watch it and make sure I don't say Jesus because it's really not effective to tell my kid you can't say this word if I'm saying it. But maybe it's not me. 
And I, if I really want to know the truth, I'll ask Nathan. But I don't want to know the truth. So I'm going to just not say Jesus in front of my kids as often. But I, I don't know. It's in the realm of human error. I mean, a drop, you know, they're not going to Catholic school. So I don't have to worry about that. So I'm not going to beat myself up over this one. It's actually kind of hilarious. So where was I? I, I was rambling and I completely lost the thread. Shocking. So anyway, back to school and book revisions and now I'm on a little break and but then I'm going to be on a big break because all I really have left is to reread the book and um, massage like not even massage like run some grammar checks and all I want to do is make sure that the dialogue works like that every you know I don't want every character to sound like me I have to give them their own voice and then it's going to an editor, hopefully like early November, and then I'm taking off the rest of the year. Of course, my version of taking off is not exactly, I'm just not a kick back and lay in the hammock all day looking at gossip magazines. It's just, just not me. So me on vacation is like, I'm really excited to declutter. I started that yesterday. First I'm going, all right, so it's Operation Reclaim the House. And I actually launched a TikTok channel about this um, yesterday. I am slightly obsessed with TikTok. I'm having fun with it. And I never got how to make like videos for YouTube and I've tried uploading things and like the internet connection is too slow, but TikTok is easy and fun. So I'll, I'll try to remember to post in the show notes. Here, I'm gonna write a little note to myself now. Show notes, my TikTok handles. I have several, it's kind of crazy. It's a little bit of an obsession, but I, I'm having fun with it. So there you go. So I started Operation Reclaim the House and phase one is to declutter all the shit of which there's a lot. Phase two is I'm going to deep clean. I have had, and I've done an, I think I've done an episode about this, about neglecting the housework. I've been totally on board with like a philosophy of neglect the housework work for years and years and years and it's the only way that I get to do any writing while being a stay-at-home mom and it, you know and it just it wasn't my thing and I didn't care about decorating and I was like you know so long as it's not like no one no government authority is going to take my children away from me it's okay and then a, like a switch flipped like a couple of months ago and I suddenly see the messes like I see the smudges on the walls I think it's TikTok's fault actually because I somehow fell down like a hole into the abyss of clean talk where it's just people showing videos of cleaning things and it's so emotionally satisfying and it inspired me to start cleaning little parts of the house and like I was doing the toilet bowl clean toilet bowl cleaner hack where you put it on your grout and you let it sit for a while and it bubbles up and like I can, I'm looking at my kitchen floor right now and I can see where I've done it and it looks gorgeous clean grout and I can see where I haven't done it and it's like filthy. And so, but I realized I was going to go crazy trying to deep clean the house before decluttering and that I was going to go crazy if I didn't get my book revised and off to an editor because it makes more sense to like work on the house when the book is with an editor and I can't work on it anyway. So deep cleaning is next. I, I now just see the clutter and I just want it gone. So I fully, um, 
celebrate, whatever. I'm, I'm struggling for the word. If neglect the housework is what's working for you, go for it. It's just that right now, suddenly I'm looking around the house and I'm like, I want it decluttered. I want it clean. And then phase three, I am doing some like facelift on the house, like decorating and uh, like mostly painting, I think, but we'll see how much I get done. They're, they're, like our front room, our living room is like this yellowish off-white color ever since Nathan bought the house and it's been like um, for all this time I've been like I hate the color of this room it's a little depressing but I was okay with it and now I'm like I can't do this anymore and I want to learn how to paint I don't want to hire it out I want to learn how to paint and do these projects so pray for me yeah and I'm also planning we've had we have wooden old wooden cupboards in the kitchen and I've my dream has always been to have a white kitchen I just love like white interior spaces and I'm gonna paint the fucking cupboards just watch so I'll keep you posted on that all that um but first I gotta declutter <laughs> I started today with declutter yesterday I decluttered a kitchen the kitchen pantry because the Tupperware situation was I was gonna lose my mind and then today this morning I decluttered the trunk of my car because if I'm going to be decluttering I'm going to be making a lot of trips to Goodwill and also to a craft supply store that sells used crafts in Pasadena because hello craft hoarder I'm a little terrified of like my 20 year yarn stash so I was like well, I need to have a trunk access to a car trunk it, it feels so good and once I did the trunk I did the rest of the car and it's like a new car I want to go get a detail but I'm like no that's part of deep clean we'll wait till phase two deep clean okay so that's life lately. Um, let's talk though about this book I read because you know I'm calling this episode "Raising an Adult." Let me excuse me while I readjust my papers. Very professional here. I probably that's why I like TikTok is that it's very, it can be very, very, very unprofessional and raw and unedited, and I love that. And you know, part, you know that's who I am with my podcast. This is not professional outfit okay I want to talk about raising adults and now I'm going to get up I'm not even pausing the show because I'm too fucking lazy welcome to my life all right I have to look up the name of this book that I just finished reading hello I'm back okay it's a long title so now you understand why I didn't remember it how to raise an adult break free of the over parenting trap and prepare your kid for success by Julie Lithcott Hames. Say that three times fast. And the author is a is a lawyer turned dean of freshmen at Stanford, and also a mother of two, daughter and a son like me. Uh, excuse me, I'm gonna take a sip of my Coke Zero. Coca Cola. I'm still waiting for that sponsorship opportunity. And so this book. A friend recommended it and it is so I, it, I try to it's so good I try to not read too many parenting books because it drives me batshit crazy I read like so many parenting books the first few months after Pippa was born when I was sinking further and deeper and deeper into postpartum depression and the parenting books just drove me crazy and made me just, just doubt my own abilities as a parent and question myself and I've realized um, 
I like I already know like I know best for my kids and I know best how to parent my kids and going to other experts and like you know like like of course I don't ever meet these experts but wanting the approval of the breastfeeding you know people who are very pro breastfeeding wanting the approval of people who are pro baby carrying or co-sleeping or what you know sleep training whatever like if you're if you're anything like me and you were ever an approval junkie reading too many of these books can you know drive you crazy because you're again looking to get someone else's approval even if you never meet them but this book it is a parenting book but it was totally worth it um and i'm glad i read it um it's a lot about how we overparent how we're too involved with our children's lives and it was the author was inspired because in her work as a freshman dean at Stanford over the years she saw children because uh, not children but you know freshmen uh, they seem like children now <laughs> to me um, becoming more and more helpless and parents being more and more involved and these students wanting their parents to be involved and Parents going so far as to rent an apartment near campus and coming out to do their kids' laundry. Parents who uh, talk to their kids every day to go over their schedule and then remind them, like, oh, this paper's due. You should start doing your research. And, you know, oh, exams are coming up and da da da, -da and micromanaging. And then it goes even further. She had stories of parents who are involved in their children's getting jobs. Like, she spoke to a People who, you know, job hiring, who are, you know, human resources, whatever. I'm, you know me, I blank on words often. Talking to, you know, big corporate organizations, and they would say, we would call job applicants only to find out that the parent had submitted the application and forgotten to tell their kid. And, you know, hello, don't submit your own, you know, your kid's job application. And then... Parents actually showing up to job interviews. <laughs> and then parents who call and complain to supervisors on their kids' behalf. So, I, you know, to me, like, I, I see all this. I'm like, I don't want to raise my children so that they don't know how to do their own laundry in college. So that they don't know how to manage their own school workload. Or, also, she talks a lot about the college arms race. And... Just this, um, like the U.S. News report rankings of colleges and how it's created this mystique of like, you know, you got to go to these top 10 schools. And she talks a lot about how there's, if, if there's a 5% chance of rain, you don't bring an umbrella. You don't wear your ring. Maybe you bring an umbrella, but you don't wear your raincoat. It's like, that's a 5% chance of rain. It's not happening. These top elite schools, you know, the Ivy Leagues, the Stanfords, they will admit 5% of their applicants and they reject thousands of student of applicants who are qualified every year and yet a lot of people are locked into this mindset of if i can't prepare my kid and get my kid into those schools they're fucked and she spends a lot of the book explaining why that's not the case and why not going to these you know, the schools that are quote-unquote best or, you know, the top ranked by the U.S. News World Report thing and explains alternative rankings and alternative factors and, you know, paths to happiness and success. And, okay, so another 
so that's a lot of like how the book goes. Uh, one of the takeaway points that was actually at the end of the book, just use the word happiness, which reminds me, uh, I was listening to this on my way to yoga, and she was talking about how a lot of people just want their kids to be happy. And I was like, yep, nodding along. Yeah, I want my kids to be healthy and happy. And she said, I was listening to the audiobook, of course. She said, well, that actually places an unfair burden on your kids because they feel like they're obligated to be happy all the time, that their parents' happiness depends on their happiness so that they have to, like, force themselves to be happy. And that's... And as soon as she was saying all this, I was like, oh, shit. Because that's just not the human experience. I don't, when I really think about it, I don't want my kids to be happy all the time. I want my kids to have meaningful, fulfilling lives. And that is going, in a life like that is not nonstop happiness. A life like that includes, includes all sorts of feelings, the whole range, negative, positive, whatever. It includes challenges. And if I'm wishing just pure happiness on my kids. It's like that, um, the movie Inside Out, you know, the, the Riley character, she's like forcing herself to be happy for her parents and she's denying the sadness. And really she just needs to feel sad to get back to a place of joy. Oh, I love Inside Out. It's such a good movie. I'm like, always, like when my kids are, you know, and then I'll, be, I'll hear them say, hey, let's watch Inside Out. I'm like, yes! And I'm like skidding across the house. Like, I'll watch this one with you. Still haven't taken Julian to see Paw Patrol movie, by the way, and he mentioned it the other day, and I am resisting. I mean, like, oh, hands biting on the knuckles, resisting the urge to be like, that is a baby show. You are in kindergarten. You are obsessed with Minecraft. Let the Paw Patrol shit go. And he hasn't watched a TV show in, I think, months. I'm like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I love you. I really do. But I am not taking you to see the Paw Patrol movie. I, I will stream that shit for him when it comes out on, I don't know, Netflix or wherever it goes. I don't want to pay, like, $30 to sit and watch Paw Patrol for an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Even if one of the Kardashians does one of the voices. So, this as of this morning, I have revised my... Uh, it's almost like my parenting mission statement from raising happy and healthy kids to raising a, adults who have meaningful lives. And all that entails, like, grit and resilience and the um, ability to handle the full range of human feelings. Uh, the author talked a lot about chores and how chores matter, how they build a sense of satisfaction and capability and they uh, add to a child's independence and just ability to turn into an adult and it's also just an important part of being part of a family that there is this attitude these days of you know and it's like part of the college arms race of children who are you know their their schedules are so packed with academics and extracurriculars that they the idea is like well then they don't really need to do chores they should get a chore pass and I mean, I think I've been using that mindset with my kids now. And it's not like we're doing high school level activities, but just like, oh, well, they're playing. I shouldn't interrupt them. And also, 
so yeah, I've totally, and, and the offer was talking about how she had dropped the ball with her own kids and explaining how she had to change and have them doing more chores. And I've definitely dropped the ball here. I mean, my kids will, and they actually like enjoy folding the laundry or making their bed, but I haven't forced them to do anything or set it. And I really, I do feel like once I get decluttering and deep cleaning underway, I can start setting in place these systems of, you got like, you need to know how to take your dishes to the frickin' sink. And when they're tall enough, they need to be, like Pippa's now tall enough to wash and rinse off her dishes. Julian, he can brush his teeth on his own now. We now have to work on, like, clean up the, t the toothpaste residue, like your spit. I don't need to be dealing with, like, toothpaste all over the house. And having them, like, when they make a mess, you clean up your own damn messes. I don't want to spend my life being their concierge. She uses the word concierge a lot. And I don't want to be their concierge. I don't want them to be in a position in college where I'm still needed for them to like, you know, perform basic life chores. Like that's like, and she had interviews with parents who with older children, you know, college and above and how their children were still needing them to help them do things like set up their apartments and they, you know, um, deal with bosses and they're like I'm exhausted and when does this end and like it ends by not creating that situation and giving them these life skills so that's on my um working on getting them involved more and giving them sets of chores um yeah it's just so they know how to do things and like I guess we have a cleaning lady who comes and it's great that I don't have to clean the bathrooms and kitchen, but I actually do enjoy some cleaning. And I feel like I spend, once I get all this decluttering done, I will be able to do more in the way of cleaning and tidying because it won't be so much. And right now it's overwhelming. And once I get like a head start, and I would like, you know, even though they're growing up with a family that can't, that can't afford a cleaning lady, my kids need to know how to clean a toilet. And they need to know how to unload the dishwasher and do all these things. So that's on me to work on. And I'm you know, I'm glad that in terms of life skills that they're cooking with me. And uh, she was talking a bit about that. And I, I have said in the past few weeks, my kids really love making dinner with me. And I really enjoy cooking with them one-on-one, -on -one, but not both of them at the same time. Because that's just... Can I put in the sugar? No, he stirred first. I just don't like that. So now I am doing, they get to take turns and once a week, one of them makes dinner and they kind of, they pick the recipe and they, um, they do as much as they can. So Pippa gets to do a little more than Julian, but Julian yesterday made this one pot pasta. Um, where have I, I don't think I've mentioned this. The Maybe I did. It's been a while since I've podcasted. America's Test Kitchen Kids has a podcast called Mystery Recipe, and every week they talk about an ingredient that is part of this recipe, and then at the end of the season they reveal what the recipe is, and then they have a cook-along. So the first season's was this one-pot pasta, and Pippa did it, and Julian was jealous, and he wanted to do it, so that's what he, so we did Pippa's like a month or two ago. Julian did it today, yesterday, and it was delicious, and so they, they really get a lot of satisfaction out of stirring and they're talking to me and they're prepping the ingredients and talking about it and that like Julian really likes like I'm a big boy and I want to make dinner so we're working on that but doing it in a way where I don't lose my mind because I don't need both of them in the kitchen bickering that that's just not enjoyable the uh, book talks a lot about how 
the the world is not as scary as the evening news would lead us to believe mainly in terms of kidnapping that most like if you look at the statistics they they make it sound like if your child's playing in the front lawn they're going to be snatched whereas most kidnapping cases actually involve like like a parent who doesn't have custody taking the kid like it's someone who knows the kid and that the streets are not as dangerous as we would be led to believe and you know I was thinking it over so and I I realized I am very like protective of the kids and we live on a very safe block and I know all our neighbors and they're great neighbors so I have been letting the kids play on the front lawn and they know not to go into the street and they know like and I said like you can go you know and depending on what I'm doing, you know, like how far they can go. Like we have one, like we're in between two streets and one, that one street is, is pretty busy, like, or people will drive faster down it and the other street's very calm. So they can go to the corner towards the calm street or for the other street, they can go to the neighbor at the corner, their walkway. So they're not quite up to there. And I let them ride their scooters back and forth and they're really flourishing with that. And it's great. I don't have to be micromanaging their play and I can do chores in the afternoon so that it's not like they go to school and I spend all my free time getting shit done. It's like, oh no, now you're home. Now I'm doing the dishes and the front door and windows are open and I can hear you. And I even, without Nathan's authorization, let Pippa last Friday, I think, take a walk around our block for the first time without supervision. And she did it once and came back like she was like two inches taller. I let her, then she did it two more times. And each time she came back with more flowers. And at the end she had a little bouquet for me. And she was just bursting with, with pride. And it was totally safe. I, it was a little like me letting go. Like she's ready. I have to get myself there. Nathan of course was like, what? She did this on her own? I think to him, the city's even more intimidating for kids because he grew up in such a small town. And, you know, it's, it's something we have to work on and we have to be on the parenting the same page. But, you know, if if my kid, like when she's 18, 18-year-olds backpack around Europe alone. If she can't walk around the neighborhood, how is, like... We have to gradually get there. So I'm glad we're taking these baby steps. It doesn't mean, you know, then I took her to the mall on Sunday because my kids are always growing and always need new clothes. And she asked, so when am I going to be able to come to the mall by myself? And I'm like, Ugh. okay, that, I don't remember exactly when I was allowed to do that. I, I don't think it was before seventh grade. And I'm like, we're, we are not there. And we're, we're not talking about it yet. I don't want to make promises. And I do explain to her, like, these things, you know, I can give you estimates, but, you know, no, I don't know when you're getting your first phone. And I don't know what that first phone will be. Like, I'd like to keep them off smartphones as long as possible. So the book also talked about, I talked about the college arms race and um, kids, she talk, you know, she talks about how kids are basically like, it's like you put blinders on them and they're being whipped towards the destination of the best possible college and then the best possible graduate school. And they're set on these paths towards being lawyers or doctors and without really regard for who the kid is and what would work for the kid. And I love this, um, analogy 
I can't remember if the author came up with this or she was quoting someone, but our goal as parents is to treat our children as wildflowers. You know, wildflowers will need some sunshine and water and space, but they're wildflowers and you have to let them bloom as the way they're going to bloom. They're not bonsai trees. They're not little projects for us to stoop over and, you know, carefully clip and trim the flowers and even though this is a podcast I'm actually doing the motions of trimming a bonsai tree right here or the motions I imagine would happen and I just I love this analogy I love this imagery I, I actually used it yesterday while I was talking to Pippa's teacher for parent teacher conference how I'm trying to let her be a wildflower not a bonsai tree and the teacher's like of course because kids are going to be who they are and we can only let them be who they are and like that's my work I don't want to live through my kids I don't my kids I am madly in love with them but they're not my passion they're not they're not the focus of my life they're a big big part of my life but the, the author talks a lot about how it's important to live your own life to not live your life through your kids that's that could be a subject for like 10 more podcast episodes but my voice is getting tired and I really want to go declutter my um, my leggings and shirts drawer because it's turned into a shit show before I pick up the kids from school. So I will leave you with the parting thought of right now, I am not raising kids. I'm not raising students. I am raising adults. And I, I highly recommend this book, How to Raise an Adult. I'll put it in my show notes, a link. Uh, I, the author has written another book. I forget the... The title is something like Now It's Your Turn, and I definitely want to listen to it. I'm going to like make myself weed a few weeks, and when my brain's fresh and ready, I'm going to give that. You know, I'm not going to say that I'll be back in a week, because if I say that, then it'll be like six months again. So I'll just, I'll be back when I'm back, and I hope you're well. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Adventures with My 40s. You can reach me through my website, CourtneyHenningNovak.com, or on Instagram at Courtney.Novak. If you're enjoying the show, subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. Have a great and wonderful week.